Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Here we go. Come on, What's happening, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hope you had a great weekend. As always, let me say morning, studio. Morning. morning. I want to start with a voicemail from Whitney in Ocala, Florida. I was just curious if Lunchbox was still bicycling to work every day. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Lunchbox? Uh, the bike has been in the shop. Um, when what? You, yeah. What happened? No, no, no. Nothing happened. It's just routine maintenance. When you first bought the bike, they say after a month or two of having the bike, you need to bring it back in so we can stretch out the brake cables and everything. There's certain things that need to be fixed on the bike after getting some ride on it. And so I thought, okay, I'll just drop it off and they'll fix it right then. And they're like, all right, we'll see you back in a little over a week. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to get right back. So I had to walk home. See, then you walked home. Yeah, oh, I, I, I had to put my helmet in my backpack and I walked home. And, and here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. I got home and my wife's like, I, I, later my wife's like, why didn't you take an Uber? I was like, I didn't even think about it. I honestly forgot all about Uber and I walked home. But you've been riding your bike consistently. Most days, yes. And you feel safe doing it now. Yeah. Got the great. path down. Got the path, got the, you know, the timing. So I know it takes however long and I go that boom. And so I look at the clock. I'm like, oh, I got to go. I'm running out of time. And there's a couple days I've had to pedal a little faster because I'm like, oh, I left a little late, but I love it. So when you come in, sometimes you're sweaty and kind of yes. frazzled a little bit. I am frazzled, sweaty, and I change clothes when I get here. And you haven't wrecked except for the one car that almost hit you. Right, and I had to dive into the grass. Um, This leads me to something, though, called Spill the Tea. Let's spill the tea! Uh, Eddie. (laughs) 
Look, man, I have the I have the the advantage of sitting next to Lunchbox, and it's great, great entertainment because I get to see what he's looking on his computer because right next to me. And the other day, I look at at his computer, and he is searching happy hours. It's like that's weird, and he's taking notes, happy hour here, happy hour there, and then he's googling the address and he's checking to see if these places are on the way from work to his house. Like bike, his bike path. His bike path. And I'm thinking, oh, no, Lunchbox has a problem. He's stopping at bars on the way home to grab a drink on his bike before he gets home. Does that mean a problem? <laughs> well, uh, uh, guys, what time do we get out of here? Yeah. We get out of here like at noon. Well, Eddie, you leave at like four. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That would be a good happy hour. Is there something wrong with having a drink of alcohol? <laughs> I knew it. I, I, I don't At know. noon on your bike, you stop and we have a, little, have a beer on your bike. Yeah, alone. I meet someone for lunch. Hey, they got a good. No, 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 not I meet. Hey, no, alone. <laughs> no, I don't do it alone. Ever, ever. I'm, I'm not going to a bar alone. That's weird. Really? Who yeah. are you meeting? I mean, friends that have jobs. <laughs> hey, you want to grab a bite? You want to grab a beer? Like, it's weird. The industry we work in, it's okay to have beers at lunch. It's okay to have drinks at lunch. And go back to work. A lot of people do it. I mean, heck, I see construction workers doing it. What? So, <laughs> I mean. Why are you watching construction workers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Eddie, your spill the tea is you think Lunchbox is riding his bike to the bar after work. Yes. Straight up. Yes, yes. And I think he tells his wife he's working late. And Does that happen? No, I tell my wife, stop him for a drink. I'll be home in a little bit. <laughs> stop him for a drink at 1130. I'm a Busy, bike. Hey, stressful day at work. Got to have a drink. When has it ever been stressful? Dude, you guys, you guys are hard to deal with some oh, days. Okay. You know, is that not true? We're driving you to drink? Yeah. <laughs> We're biking them to drink. Yeah. Okay, but you're good. Yeah, I mean, no stress express here. I mean, Eddie, who cares? All right. Eddie has a beer when he gets home. I have a beer at the bar. What's the at difference? A, at 1048. No, I get beers later, later in the night. No, no, 1048 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yes. That's what he drinks. All right, well, that's a spill the tea, but you know what? I'm going to say not a lot of tea there. Yeah. Could have been tea in the teapot. That was, that's but, not, hey, that was very watered down. Yeah, watered down tea for sure. <laughs> Let's open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. So a few weeks ago, we had a get-together with the family at my brother-in-law's house. We're having a good time. After a few beers, we started the discussion of who is the most athletic person in the family. (laughs) Okay. I'm very competitive and so is my brother-in-law. We started debating who's the faster runner. Who could bench press more? And then we landed on boxing. Oh, no. My brother-in-law was adamant that he could beat me in the ring. I told him that even though he's a little bigger than me, I could handle him. No problem. But it was all in good fun. No punches thrown. Well, the other night, he came over for dinner, and he brought it up again. This time, no alcohol was involved. He was still dead set on it and said we should find a time to actually get in the ring against each other. He even texted me earlier this week to see if I was free this weekend. I don't think anything good come from this. Seems like a lose-lose situation, but honestly, I like to take him down just to prove it. Oh, gosh. Should I fight my brother-in-law, or will it cause more problems than it's worth to just prove a point? Signed, Boxing Brian. See, this is toxic masculinity here at its best, where the guys just can't even have this conversation, and they feel insulted that someone thinks they're more masculine than they are. Uh, I suffer from this occasionally. I'm not going to fight anybody because I'm going to (laughs) lose, right, for the most part. But if you're competitive and someone says, I'm bigger, faster, stronger than you— you kind of want to show them that they're not right. I do think this will cause problems if you win or lose. If you lose, you will have to live with it and live with him always talking about it forever. If you win, 
it is going to put a bit of a wedge in the relationship because he's going to be embarrassed or he's going to go, you cheated, and it's going to that's going to be awkward. It's really a no-win, and you're going to get in the ring, and 45 seconds into it, you're both going to be gassed anyway. <laughs> As someone who I just train box, it's really a grind, but then you add to the fact that someone's trying to punch you in the face and getting hit while doing it. It is exhausting. If you want to do it, I would go two, three-minute rounds and then call it after that. But I wouldn't do it because no. it's just it's just a win-win. If you must and you think you both could handle it and you're mature enough to handle it, don't try to do Rocky and go 12 rounds. You will, And if it's a tie, it's a tie. But then you do it and get it out of your system. I just – I don't – it's just not a good idea either way. Now, Lunchbox, what do you think about these two dudes fighting – I love it. Listen, this is how you do it. When you run your mouth, you got to get in there and settle it. And if you want, but I don't know that anybody's running their mouth because it did come up in a conversation. There's mouth running, but it was organically brought up. Yes, but then he came over again with no alcohol involved, and it's still eating at him, and he still wants to prove a point. So you know what? Hey, you want to step in the ring? Go three rounds and do it. Do but do a minute and a half rounds because you're you're gonna be so gassed. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I know you think you're if you're in shape, it's a whole different beast once you're doing it and getting hit at the same time. I say you probably shouldn't do it because it's just the odds of it being bad for your relationship are very high, win or lose. If he just won't shut up and you know you can win, I wouldn't go into it going, I think I can win. If you know you can win, that's the only way I would even consider it. And then he's going to want to rematch. And I mean, you'll have the trilogy. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the pay per view rights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got to negotiate those. And that's always a fight. Just stay away from it, Boxing Brian, if you're just wondering at all. It'll go away. That's Eddie, you're a dude. Do you want to? We have this debate where you're like, I can beat you up. You can't. I whoop your butt. But what do you think? I think it'd be a great story for the family oh to come. My gosh. I think for years they're gonna be like, dude, you remember when you guys fought? That was so funny. You guys boxed and so and so beat your butt. It was amazing. I was watching a story uh, <laughs> back when the Celtics in the NBA had won a championship. There were two players on the Celtics that had just won. Uh, Rondo, who was a guard, and Ray Allen, who was a guard, and they hated each other and they boxed and they had no cameras and they fought each other in the locker room. And with, how did with that boxing end? Gloves. Um, one, Rondo was trying to knock his head off and Ray Allen was like, jab, jab, jab. And then it ended with no real, they just did it and got it over with and nobody was hurt. Did they respect each other? I don't afterwards? know. I talked to him. Ah, I talk to him. Uh, dudes always want to fight, man. All right. Don't do it. I say these two guys say, do it. So take whomever's advice you value the most. <laughs> That's two to one. So yeah, we yeah but it's you two, you know? <laughs> All right, Brian, thank you. That is the mailbag. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Eddie, what's happening in your neighborhood? Man, I'm in a pickle because we live on a street that's kind of slanted. Like, the driveway is at a slant, but the boys want a basketball hoop. I'm like, guys, you can't play basketball in our driveway. It's not possible. So they're like, oh, we can't play basketball. I said, wait, why don't we do this? Just down the street, there's a cul-de-sac. There are five houses. We don't know who lives there. But go knock on the door. Ask them if that's okay if we put a basketball hoop on the cul-de-sac. And we'll let the whole neighborhood play. We just got to get an okay from the people that live in the cul-de-sac. And they're like, no, Dad, that's so embarrassing. I'm like, guys, this is a genius idea. I'll pay for the hoop. Why wouldn't these people want a basketball hoop in front of their house? So does it stay up all the time or does it just stay up whenever you guys are playing? No, it'll be like a professional basketball hoop. that the It's whole, a permanent hoop. It's like, a permanent hoop that the whole neighborhood could use. Concrete it in? No, because no, it's going to be in the cul-de-sac. Right. Yeah. So it's going to be... With a base, a weighted base. Absolutely. A weighted base. Yeah. Yes, you put like That's sand on it, cement, whatever. 
Submit. And you think they're going to go for that? I don't know, but I'm saying, guys. You think that's a decent idea? He's I think like, it's a fantastic idea. Who doesn't want idea. a basketball goal in front of their house? Because I've seen like two kids living in some of those houses. I don't know who lives in the houses, but I've seen kids ride their bikes around that cul-de-sac. So I'm assuming if kids live there, they're going to say, yeah, that'd be awesome. You would need all five of those families Correct. to say yes and that they're okay with a basketball hoop where kids are going to be gathered in that cul-de-sac. Now we can set hours. Hey, no dribble, no, no b-ball after 10 p.m. or 9 p.m., Who's whatever. Who's going to enforce it? You're not going to be down there to do it. Maybe I'll go down and be like, all right, guys, park's closed. This is my hoop. No maybes. You wouldn't. <laughs> I just don't think you can do that. Really? I don't even, it's not your part of the street. It'd be like you parking your car down there and just leave. Now you could, you could park car on that curb and just leaving your car down there though. Cause that's legal. But is it um, acceptable as a good neighbor? I don't think it is. So you say five, uh, you got to get five okays from the people that live in the cul-de-sac. Now what if four say okay and one doesn't? No, that's no. it. I wouldn't even ask. You, I wouldn't send, you, you wouldn't send your kids to go ask? I think it's showing them responsibility to be like, door to door, hi, I'm a kid that wants to play basketball. If your idea is to show them responsibility and you know they're going to get a no. I don't know. I think they're going to get a yes, though. Is there any chance all five neighbors say, please put a basketball hoop in front of our front yard where kids will be gathered the whole time? I say yes. Okay. I I think there's no chance they're going to say yes, but I go, okay. The question is, do you think they'll allow it? I go, no. I mean... I, I hope so for the sake of the kids, but there's probably going to be one person that's not down with it. So, so you're going to no. say? No. Oh, one Grinch. I'm going to say yes. you got to send the kids. You send dad, they're going to say no because some old man is at my door. The kids, it's hard to say no to the kids. But if you, it's a permanent hoop. It's a permanent hoop, dude. But it's open to the neighborhood. And I told him, guys, if you're going to pitch I don't it, want something in front of my yard that's open to the neighborhood for everybody to just be like, this is the gathering place. Really? I would not want that. Even if it's kids, how enjoyable are kids playing outside? It's okay, great. The sound let's, of let's kids playing. Let's enforce nine or younger. I don't oh, want a 14-year-old well, that's also <laughs> looking at... Br- and then they're going to play some two-on-two. The older kids, the younger kids yeah. can't play. I just think it's then, a bad situation. Who get? What if two groups show up at the same time and want to play? Like, who gets the court? Oh, that's tough. Then they come to me. I'll go settle the dispute. But Maybe I'm the marshal, dude. Maybe you, I'll put my address there, there. Come to me, and I'll tell you if you can play or not. Okay. There's like a lock on. <laughs> Are you gonna send them down? I've I've tried to. I've already. This has been two weeks in the making of like guys go and. I don't even think they should do it. I, if I were the person I, and I had kids, I wouldn't allow it. I'm telling you, I was walking the dog and I saw one parent outside watering their plants. And I was like, ooh, should I ask for him? But like, no, no, no. I'm not going to do my, my kids' work for him. You guys go to Facebook. Here's the situation Eddie wants to put a hoop in somebody else's cul de sac. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he's going to pay for the hoop. Hey, I'd put it Is on my driveway. I'd, I'd put it on my but driveway. It's for your just, kids. But I can't. It's a slant. I can't do it. Well, thank you for shooting on a slant. Thank you for shooting on flat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a good point. Okay, all right. On Facebook, the question is. Can Eddie put a hoop in someone else's cul-de-sac? A permanent hoop in someone else's cul-de-sac? Let's go. Because it's public. Yeah. Think about the sound of kids playing. It's beautiful. I, I, don't, I don't. No, it's no, not. No, you don't like that? No, it's not. They're crying. <laughs> Their balls are bouncing. All right, go to our Facebook page and put your answer up there. Come on. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Anthony is nine years old. He got a new bike from his aunt for his birthday, and he put it next to the garage. Went to bed, woke up the next morning, it was gone. So someone stole his bike. His mom, Crystal, and her sister, the aunt that bought him the bike, went looking for the bike. Could not find it. So she posted on social media saying, hey, there's a bike thief in the area. Then a woman reached out to Crystal saying, hey, I'd like to buy your kid a new bicycle. She said, no, that's okay. You don't, don't do that. We're just going to try to help find the person. But the stranger insisted. 
And so she said, fine. So the stranger is remaining anonymous. She met them at the local Walmart. She found the exact same bike and she bought it. And she was like, hey, happy birthday. And I thought that was extremely random and nice of her to do. Anthony's got a bike and they're still trying to find the bike thief. But it just reminds me of Amy seeing her kids' bikes being rolled around the neighborhood by the people that stole their bikes. Riding them, yeah. They rode right past us. And you went up and you tried to stop them. Yeah, my kids' bikes were very specific. They were stolen out of our garage. And then a few weeks later, we were down at the park and these kids come rolling by and my son's like, that looks like my bike. And I look and I say, you know what? It is. So I go running after them and I confront them and said, hey, those are my kids' bikes. And they said they got them from a friend. And They might have. Right. I well, doubt it. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely dangerous, and a police officer later told me that I should have never done that ever. But guess who got the bikes back? And that's another good news story. Amy. Me. Then guess who got robbed a week later? <laughs> who? Amy. No, I'm just okay. that, that was the scary part is I was like, these people know exactly where I live. <laughs> Did you ever see the kids after that? The same kids? Yes. In fact, one of the boys, and I would try to speak to him often, said he lived with his grandma. One time he asked me if I had a dollar, and I said, why, yes, I do. I just wanted to show him some compassion and kindness and that I wasn't going to hold him against them. And you know, there, there's room for second chances. And? There's room in their garage now for a new bike. And we uh, moved. Yeah. And then they, I'm talking about the person in the story, not okay. just you. Is it? Yeah, Amy moved. Different ending. Uh, all right, that is what it's all about right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. I'm about to have George Burge in. Here's our 30-second bio on George Burge. He is from Austin, Texas. You may have known him from the duo Waterloo Revival. Uh, he's a solo artist now. And he decided after that he wasn't going to be an artist at all. But Clay Walker said, Bro, we're writing songs, but you should... I don't know if Clay Walker's a bro, but he said, you put your songs up on TikTok. And so he did, and it kind of took off because he is really, really good. He's a big barbecue guy. He played golf at the University of Texas, and he just celebrated his 10th anniversary with his wife, Kara. They have two kids. So I'm a big fan of this guy right here, George Burge. Great story. Great artist. Let's go. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. George Burge. George, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. It's really, really good to be here. You know, I don't know what inspired. Maybe I saw something online that was really good, and I was like, "We got to get George in the studio." Were we talking online recently or something? You, um, man. So first off, been a fan of yours forever. Growing up in Austin, been listening to you on the radio forever. And uh, I'm sitting on my couch one night. I had just posted like a little story about being on the road with Gary Allen, and I covered one of his songs That's in my post and I'm sitting on the couch and I scroll and I see your name commenting on it and I about fell out of my seat. Yeah, I was like, so that's, that's, was cool, that's, a, that's really thank good. You. Yeah, That's what you. it is. And then I took that and I pushed a little arrow and I sent it over to Scuba Steve's account and I said, hey, book George. We'd like to have him up on the show. I was just looking for stuff on Insta. I mean, I guess that's what I do now. I don't even go search full <laughs> songs. I'm just like looking for people playing on Instagram and George is really good anyway. And you got a little heat on you right now. Man, life has been really good. Um, you know, I've been in Nashville almost eight years now, which is wild. And, um, you know, you bang your head against the wall forever, and then finally some things start working out. And uh, this last year has kind of felt like a dream, man. We've been touring, we've been recording music, and um, it, it feels like it might actually work, man. So it's, it's <laughs> That's really how I feel, exciting. too. Like, it feels like it might actually work for me. Um, I'd like to do a couple things, George, before we get to uh, your music. Uh, if you haven't heard it, 
I'm going to get to his song, Beer, Beer, Truck, Truck, in a second, because I think we had you on the phone when that went viral. But there was a girl on TikTok who said all country songs say Beer, Beer, Truck, Truck. And here's a clip of that. Beer, beer, truck, truck, girls in tight jeans. So she said that's all country music was. And you did something that was pretty clever. You actually made a song about it, but you kind of flipped it a little bit. Here's a clip of George's Beer, Beer, Truck, Truck. Just all you should know it ain't all beer, beer. So what you did is you said, hey, it ain't always, and you start beer, beer, truck, truck. So whenever you get the idea for that, do you go, okay, this could be really dumb, or this could be, like, really clever? Were you kind of, or did you know you had something there? So it was um, almost like a stars-aligning kind of week. I I was in Galveston, Texas. Um, Clay Walker had invited me to his house to write for his record. Flex. And hey, I, what a flex. Didn't have to add that, I but I like that you did. Yeah, yeah, I like that you did. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to lay the groundwork here. Um, but I had basically just told Clay that I was I was probably not going to do the artist thing anymore. Not because I didn't want to, just because I had been trying forever and I could not figure out how to make it work. And so I'm sitting there on the edge of the couch waiting for Clay to change my life with this advice. And he says, uh, you need to put your songs on TikTok. And I kinda, <laughs> so Clay Walker, who's late 50s, 60, yeah. you know, yeah. he tells you, yes. you got to get on TikTok. Wow. And man, I wish you could have seen my eyes roll. I literally put nothing into it. Like I was like, man, that, that's a bummer. Um, but we go, I go back to my room to get showered up before we're going out for dinner for the night. And something in me was like, you know what? Just try it. And so I downloaded the app. Um, I have like six followers, my mom, my sister, a couple fake accounts, and that's it. And uh, the first thing I do is I click the country music hashtag, and I see that video. And I was already in like a good headspace from like writing songs for the week, and I was like, man, wouldn't it be funny if I took her words and wrote a song out of it kind of as a rebuttal? And then we went to dinner, and uh, Clay's like, open it up, how'd it do? In that three hours, I'd gone from like six to 20,000 followers. And all of a sudden, it's got like hundreds of thousands of views and there's all these comments. And then a week goes by and I've got 100,000 followers and there's thousands and thousands of comments saying that I need to finish the song. And I'm like, man, I've kind of got myself in a predicament. I'm going to have to put out a song called Beer, Beer, Truck, Truck. With my <laughs> so I sat down and I finished it as best I could. And I actually sent it to this girl. Her name's Erin Chambers. And um, we actually developed a bit of a relationship. She's awesome. Um, and she told me that uh, she actually grew up a country music fan got away from it um, but the song gave her a bunch of nostalgia and that she really liked it and I actually brought her on as a songwriter with me um, and so we put you it made out her a songwriter on I did I so put she, her, because this song's got over 10 million streams so yeah. she's made a little money off she actually just texted me that she's like these royalty checks are pretty fun <laughs> that's oh, pretty nice. awesome <laughs> she's an elementary school music teacher um, just outside of Charlotte North Carolina so the story got I mean it's one of those things you can't make up just the stars aligned and um you know, sometimes it just works out. It was really cool. That's, That's pretty amazing. cool. So George Burge is here, and I'm going to have you play this song, and then we'll talk about it afterward because it's pretty interesting how and why you cut it. But this is Mind On You. Uh, George is here. George, you want to introduce who's playing with you here? Yeah, this is my guitar player and one of my best friends. This is Daniel Newell over here on guitar and harmonies. So, Daniel, you will know that you first are a guitar player and second a best friend. So always know your role. <laughs> my whole life. Yeah, He's okay. my best friend that plays guitar. Okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is George Burge. Go ahead, George. Baby, you're a wildfire They light me up a little out of control Yeah, you know 
Well, baby, you're a tall drink. Little tap shit, it'll get me gone. Hold on. We both know that road that we're going down. Right now, all I can think about. I got my mind on you and you on my mind Got these four wheels on a two-lane and we cutting through the night Got your eye in my head and your love on my lips Hugging on these curves like them jeans on your hips Every time you have been looking like you do I got my hands in my eyes and my mind on you I got my mind on you, I got my mind on you I got my mind on you and you on my mind I got my mind on you I got my mind on you Come on, Woo. great job, George Burge. Thank you. That's follow George on Instagram, George, B-I-R-G-E. If I ask you to play a little bit of Beer Beer, Truck Truck, and the Gary Allen cover, do you know them both? Um, yeah, I think, Oh, well, boy, that, yeah, <laughs> see, <laughs> No, I can play your truck truck. I don't know about the Gary Allen cover if I, if I, I mm. yeah. Mm. I can play the chorus of it, probably. That's all I care about, yeah. George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The chorus. Because I'm deciding here if I want to do, do another <laughs> yeah. segment for with you or not, and if you can't do it, you're just going to have to go. <laughs> say yes, George, say <laughs> yes. You're just going to have to go. Just, you just always say yes, George. Yes, sir. Just remember, yes, always sir. say yes. <laughs> go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. George Burge. So it turns out, I was on Instagram, and I saw George play this song, Play me a little bit of the Gary Allen cover. What song did you do on Instagram? It would be you. That's one of my favorite Gary Allen songs. So it's like, um, if it was a drink, it would be a strong one. If it was a sad song, it would be a long one. If it was a color, it would be deep, deep blue. And if we're talking about a heartache, it would be you. Wouldn't you invite him to come up here if you're uh, yes. here? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, George Burge. So you grew up in Austin, Texas? Yes, sir. You were born there? Born and raised in Austin, Texas. I actually never lived anywhere else till I moved here. Really? This mm-hmm. show? Born and raised in Austin, Texas. I know. The whole I, show, I, yeah. There were many a times in high school where I was late to class listening to this show. <laughs> oh, I appreciate nice. that. So you live in Austin. When do you decide to make the move to Nashville? I moved to Nashville at the end of 2014, and actually, I never really like thought I would play music for a living. It was always something that I loved. I did it in high school. I grew up on Sixth Street, X's on my hands, and a, a little band, and um, we kept it going in college and stuff. And um, I tried to be responsible and get a desk job, and just kind of. What'd you do? Um, I worked in commercial real estate doing business development, and um, I was like a, a number cruncher at a at a financial firm too. So were you like always itching though to get out and play, even though you were doing that? Were you playing locally, or did you just give it up for a while? Man, we just played locally. It was like didn't even tour, just did it because I love it. I would, um, you know, it was one of those jobs right out of college where you're working till nine, ten p.m. every night, and I would get out of work and we'd go rehearse till one a.m. and then go back to work the next morning and then we'd play Friday, Saturday nights um, in little dive bars in Austin. And it kind of started, you know, a couple friends would show up and then all of a sudden it started getting bigger and bigger and we started just packing out these local venues. And um, then we were doing a show for a local station in Austin. And um, I met one of the guys that uh, ran one of the stations and uh, 
you know, like everybody else, this was the time of burn CDs. I was like, Hey man, I got this demo. Like, can I give you a demo of my burn CD? And, um, he took it and he called me back the next day and he's like, you're the first person I've, I've ever called back that gave me a demo. Do you mind if I send this up to Nashville? And uh, that's what he did. And some he just um, mailed it to the city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dude, Nashville, Nashville, Nashville yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, and uh, it just a couple lucky breaks got me here. Some big people believing in me. And um, you know, I've been here for a minute now, and had a couple um, things almost take off. Um, been knocking at the door for a minute, um, but this last year of you know, beer, beer, truck, truck went crazy. I got to sign a record deal and um, make my first full length record, and started touring a little bit and opening up for some guys like Gary Allen and Jake Owen and Brantley, guys that I've like that hung the moon for me. You know, that I've idolized my whole life. So um, this past year has definitely. I mean. I'm out here hanging out with you, man. This is this past year has been a yeah, whirlwind. Things are trending downward after all that. <laughs> yeah, things are trending. Uh, would you play a verse and chorus of Beer Beer Truck Truck? Yeah, man. If of you course. missed the last segment, what happened was uh, a girl was on TikTok going, "All I hear in country songs, Beer Beer Truck Truck," and then George was like, "Oh, well, let me see if I can write that." So, so when I wrote it, I kind of sat down on the edge of my bed and I was like, "Okay, Beer Beer Truck Truck Girls in Tight Jeans." Yes, we are guilty of that in country music, like whether we care to admit it or not. Like, and we all love that too. And this was kind of like um, what I came up with. As far as like the verse and the story, so it'd be like um, somewhere on a dirt road, somewhere where the stars turn blue, somewhere on a tailgate, I'm laying back just dreaming about you. I know you think I'm crazy out here just living slow. No, I can't blame you, baby. Just thought you should know it ain't our baby truck, truck girls in them tight jeans, small town riding around. Girl, I hope you miss me I know the city called you Go, baby, spread your wings I'll be here waiting on you Out here in the country When you play it live, it's even better. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so that you're single now that you played a minute ago. Ray, would you play a little bit of Mind on You? I got my mind on you And you on my mind got these You know, when I hear this song, I can hear... And maybe because I kind of know the story a little bit, I can hear Aldine singing this song. Yeah. It sounds like when Aldine like wants to do that couple songs where he tries to act sexy, like this sounds like <laughs> one of those songs he sings. Like I'm in my underwear, you know. And you're like, that's a catchy song. It's kind of weird, but, it's good. but when he sings it, but I can feel that vibe in it. So he had that song on hold when I was kind of on the verge of like potentially not doing the artist thing anymore. Um, I was really focusing on writing songs. And so, um, Colt Ford, uh, one of the first big artists to believe in me and give me a chance. And, um, me and him were in the writer's room and, um, not really writing for anything specific, just trying to write a great song. And we finished it and I didn't really have a way to put it out. And it wasn't what he does as an artist. So we're like, let's send it to Jason Aldean. And, uh, 24 hours later, um, we get an email with his entire team CC'd on it, and they're like, hey, don't play this for anybody else. Um, Aldine wants to hold it for his new record. And um, fast forward six months, this dumb song, Beer, Beer, Truck, Truck, like blows up and um, completely changes my life, and I've got record labels calling me, and I'm like, I just have no idea what's going on. My world is spinning. And um, all of a sudden, I you know decide which record label I'm going to sign with, and I'm on the phone with the head of that label, and he's like, hey, man, I've listened to all your stuff, and... Um, I think Mind On You is your hit. I think that's a song that changes your life. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I'm in trouble because <laughs> I just gave it away. And he goes, well, you need to call and ask for it back. And um, they gave me my song back, man, which does not happen that often. You know, it's, uh, they could have easily told me, 
to buzz off. And uh, man, I can't believe I got to put it out with my name on it. And um, I, I'm really, really excited. Uh, I feel like we might just be getting started and I can't wait to see where it goes. George Burge got a self-titled EP out now. It's got five songs on it, uh, including Mind On You and Beer Beer, Truck Truck, a few other songs. So if you liked them here, I think you'll like this. But you say you finished your whole record. Is that coming out? Like more, more songs soon or what? should be coming out this fall. Um, I actually just got mixes um, in yesterday. And uh, I don't know if it's cool or not to listen to your own music, but I think I've listened to it like a hundred <laughs> times. I'm just so excited about this project. And um, we'll have the record coming out hopefully in the fall um, and doing a bunch of touring too. So um, I'm feeling very blessed right now. That's what's up. George, great appearance. This is one of those we were going to do one segment and we did too because it was so good and i rarely do that if i'm being honest with you bobby i cannot thank you enough man that is uh, really special and thank you for believing me and having us up here well and i know this is radio so listeners some in their cars like can't see the smile on his face like when he hopefully they can hear it but whenever you're telling a story you're talking about your songs or looking at bob like you have this smile and this on your face, and it just—I mean—I hope it's coming through. Well, you look fifteen, and but you've been married ten years. <laughs> hey, you, well, what about mean, this beard, man? I've been it, working it hard on this. It looks like a struggle beard. Yeah, it looks like it looks like you've been working <laughs> Bobby, hard. My on life it. is a struggle, <laughs> yeah, man. So it looks like no it. different. Yeah, yeah. All right, there he is, George Burge. Follow him at George Burge on Instagram or George Burge Official on TikTok. Not the unofficial guy, because that guy's a douche. The unofficial, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. unofficial George Burge. All right, there he is, George Burge. Right, let's clap him out of here. Nice job. This couple bought this house. And then they were doing home renovations to this house, and they found bones underneath it. And first they were like, I wonder what animal? It's a no, human, human bones. Whoa. They found human bones underneath their house. Uh, Cassidy Cassell and Eaton Merritt bought their house in March, Then they were trying to renovate it, and then they found bones. And newspaper from the 1960s. So not even like 1800s. Like, like 1960s. Like I wonder, they just say they're oddly large. And he was under, I guess, doing some electrical wiring and just thought it was like an animal or something. But they were really big. What do you think? It, a woolly mammoth then? <laughs> and then we found a woolly. We got a woolly. But they're, it's massive. And it's a bone like when you see the skeleton in the classroom and you see like the, um, the fibula. It's yeah. Like it's a long, long leg bone. Femur. One of those. Yes, it's that. They're super long. And they're clean bones. So they're like, all right, that's the deal. And... Everybody freaked out, and then they realized it was a large goose. Wow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like human bones, though. See, <laughs> but for a long time, it was human bones to everybody. Man, that's and they a all big felt goose. like, what? Well, yes, it, no, it's a long bone. Wow. So, huh, huh, huh. It's a goose, <laughs> nothing human. But I wanted to walk you through their emotions while they were feeling it as well. They had to like shut it down because they thought somebody was murdered under there. Wow. The Show. Here's Amy's pile of stories. Doritos has a new flavor coming out called Tangy Tamarind. And apparently this is the first time this flavor has ever been used for a snack. And it's like a tangy treat with like a, a kick of heat that'll pop in. And so I Googled, why wouldn't tamarind be used? And apparently side effects of this are acid reflux and high risk of dental problems. Oh, wow. I never heard of tamarind. Me neither. Oh, I have. When down South Texas, it was tamarindo was the, the yeah. ingredient. So it's a thing. It's yeah. a thing. So it's a regional thing. You know what else would give me dental problems what? and hot? Uh, acid reflux. Prostate, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything hot. So it must just be a real, like, pepper-type kick. Like, all the candies we would eat as kids, they would say acid on them. And we'd be like, mm, I don't care. But it was it was, <laughs> it was so good. It was tamarindo. <laughs> tamarindo. Tamarindo, yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. I thought when I read that it was some sort of fruit. 
Yeah. A tamarindo. No. Oh, like a mandarin dough. That's what I thought it was, a yeah. mandarin yeah. dough. <laughs> it's not. All right, what else? So if you find those Doritos, eat with caution. Uh, which, speaking of uh, caution and things that might end you up in the ER, I have funny ways celebrities ended up at the hospital. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. Uh, Chrissy Teigen, she once bit into a suspicious orange, and her lips swelled up due to a major allergic reaction, and she had to go to the ER. So why was it suspicious? Well, I don't know. Was it like whistling? It, I guess it ended up suspicious. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Like, did it? Was it a different color? It's just an orange. She probably was allergic to it, right? Yeah. Okay. Demi Lovato cut her forehead open with a healing crystal. I heard suspicious healing crystal. Oh wow! She should have known because it was suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So be careful with that. Gal Gadot cut off the tip of her finger while day drinking and cooking. Okay. And I guess her husband was so grossed out by this severed tip that he quickly threw it in the garbage disposal. So they weren't able to even. Her sew finger. It back on. Oh. Uh, like that story. Uh-huh. Anybody ever have to go to the hospital for something really dumb? If you Ray, I I saw Ray hit a, a microphone, a button. Do you, Ray? Do you have anything? Yeah, I did when I cut off my tongue. I was in the shopping cart and I tipped out, but I was young. Wait, it's what? not when I was older. Oh, you fell out. You fell out and cut your tongue. Yep. I like part of it off. Yeah. Is it still off? No, no, it's back on. I'm good now. You grew back like starfish. Oh, You're a starfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Regeneration. Yeah. I like it. All right. All right. What else, Amy? Halsey was loading the dishwasher when she slammed her ankle into the door and actually fractured it. And then lastly, uh, Candace Cameron uh, had a hand injury when her brother, Kirk Cameron, drove over it with golf cart. All right. Uh, now that I physically feel uncomfortable, what's the next segment? <laughs> well, Dolly Parton was talking about how therapeutic writing music has been for her. And she said... Yeah, that is her therapy. She never had to go to a therapist because songwriting is what heals her. And I was like, oh, dang, I wish I had something that didn't make me go to therapy once a week. Like, yeah, I PlayStation heals me. I tell my wife that. I'm like, it heals me. <laughs> my mental health. I need to play PlayStation. Yeah. It's, it's what I do. And, you know, she didn't really, she didn't really buy it. She didn't no. really think that's a, yeah, she's cool with it not being a mental health tool. Um, and yeah, if I'm admitting it, I'm lying. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> no, I said it. But yeah. that's good that you do, do have awareness that PlayStation relaxes you. Yeah, I'm probably lying about that. I just like it. But you also need some probably like interaction and feedback. And stuff. Yeah, I do all of that. Yeah. All right, is that it? I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. Midori Edwards reached out to her local news station, Denver 7, after she got straight up scammed by a mechanic. He was so shady. He took money. She's pregnant. She's already a single mom with a toddler. And he said he was going to pick up some parts for her. And then he just straight up never returned, took her money. So she's like, people need to know about this. So when the news reported the story, the community felt for her and they decided to start making donations to cover the money that she had lost so she could get her car repaired. Well, then budget A1 transmission stepped up and said, we're going to go ahead and repair your car for free. So you keep that money to get yourself wow, back you up on your feet. Wow, keep the money too? Then Dang. Denver 7 what, what? decided to send her on a shopping spree what? to prepare for the birth of her new baby and get everything that she would need. So Dang, they just kept like, I see you mm-hmm. and I raise you. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, dang, all this good stuff's happening to me. <laughs> I'll take it. But she was literally in a place where she said she had pretty much lost all hope in humanity and this completely restored it. I'm there in that place about 4 30 every morning oh yeah yeah I hate, I hate waking up really lost hope in all humanity myself even <laughs> that's what i feel like every morning when i wake up when does that change I'm just though? not um eight thirty p.m on the show yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah yeah basically when i wake up a little bit uh good for them good for them for stepping up did they ever catch the guy do you know 
I mean, she definitely outed him. But so. they, they, they didn't find him and oh. beat him up. Listen, that would not, That'd I don't know, cool. that's not tell me something. No, that is, so yeah. we'll, we'll leave that out. We'll leave that out. All right, great story. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 